We're going to continue this week with Mona Oshana, that straight-shooting, marvelous Christian activist who has a television program, and in an interview that we had together, it was so strong, I wanted to bring that conversation to you today. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Finding and knowing God is a faith walk. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our hope lies in the coming Messiah, who will establish God's peaceful kingdom on earth. This is Faith Walk with Ron Susak. Dr. Ron is an evangelist committed to encourage and equip your faith walk as we pass through these turbulent end-time days awaiting that soon-coming kingdom. Here again is Ron Susak. Yes, and it's making a lot of sense because there are right now Palestinians that are rising up, finally having their voices heard to say enough is enough. We want to live. There's a hashtag yep. on on X, formerly known as Twitter and other social media. And I know I sent you a uh, a uh, an article of a lady that we're going to be sharing a lot more in the coming months. And I hope to have her on the program if possible, where she is rising up and she is saying, she's not the only one, of course, but Palestinians are finally rising up and saying, we want to live. And one hashtag says, we do not want to die. And this is not to to, to stand against Israel, but it is to say, we don't want to be run by terrorists. We don't want to be, uh, we don't want to be represented by terrorists. Recognizing that Hamas is in fact, um, wh- whose families, by the way, are in, in Europe or in other Arab countries, um, safe and sound while the Palestinian people are suffering being used as human shields all over the place. So I am so proud and I am so glad that finally that Palestinian people, the lost voice of the Palestinian nation, the, the, the people of the country that knows that they need to live uh, in, in a two-state solution, and they want peace are rising up. So that's great news, and that's the silver lining to all of this conflict that, that's happening in the region. You know, it's interesting that there are many good Arab Muslims. Uh, one, time, uh, one time, my wife and I had a tour group in Israel, 64 people, and we got caught in the middle of a raging flood coming across the desert into the Dead Sea. And uh, my guide and I jumped on an arms carrier to go for food. And uh, we got into a deeper situation as we were returning. We got trapped in the middle of a flood. The water was coming across the dashboard of the arms carrier. The engine died. And we could feel the boulders banging against it. And we were being shoved to go over. And the soldiers and and I, we all took hold of a rope so that if we go over, we can cling to each other, hopefully, although we knew better, we knew this was it, it was over, we would probably perish. And and they sent a, a powerful arms carrier that finally came right into the flood and pulled us off and put us on the back of that truck and got us back to the, with the food and so forth. All of that to say that when we got back to the hotel, which was an Arab-owned and run hotel, Muslim-based, they had a cake waiting for us and said, we were up all night praying for your survival. Wow. So let's not, uh, you know, we can get a picture when 
uh, that, that when evil strikes, uh, or like when lightning strikes, it feels like the whole sky is lightning. It's not. It's a bolt of lightning. And when evil strikes, it's not the whole human race. It's a strike of uh, a narrow group of people. And that's the narrow group that does have to be dealt with and taken away. Absolutely. And, you know, I have to read this uh, this message. Salma Sadidian is a uh, Sadidin, actually, is, I believe, a Palestinian herself that was born in, in Palestine. She says two state solution and everyone leaves the other alone. And she's been a follower of this program and a supporter. And I've actually had her on my program uh, many years ago when there was a conflict in the Middle East and Iraq. Um, and I had her on the program on radio, actually, back when we were still on radio. Um, so Selma, my, my dear sweet sister, you bring tears to my eyes, truly. Because we cry for the destruction and the death that is happening as a result of the evil one that is no. perpetrating these crimes and infiltrating the humanity because Selma, I know, has a little boy of her own that I follow and I, I, Allah, Allah, God bless him, my sister. And I know that you and your husband and your family want to live in peace as we are doing in America, that we have a voice, we're able to raise our voice. I cry for both sides, the, the people that, as, as you said, biblically or otherwise have a right or not a right. The fact that we have a, a two-state solution on the table that is being rejected not by the people, but both by those injecting themselves to represent because they have the upper hand through threat and intimidation to silence the people. I can speak to that from a perspective of experience because this is why we escaped those terroristic governments and, and, and are, are able to come and find our voices. So today this message is... Is so, and it's go back, uh, Fred. I'm sh I'm sorry. Uh, go back because Selma is saying something else, and this is profound. Habibti, don't cry. Civilians in the Middle East have suffered too much. Uh, I'm saying this is a, as a Palestinian who can never go back and visit my homeland, and I say the same thing. I'm a Christian, and my sister Selma is a Muslim, and yet we have more in common than we have differences. If we are able to find the humanity here. And if we are able, because of the, 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 the government that separated us and divided us is not within our friendship or within, uh, in between us, this is the kind of friendship that we can have. Because the demonic powers do not have control over us. And this is why I'm saying I'm so happy to hear the voice of the Palestinians rising up. And for those of you that are out there, hashtag I want to live is for the Palestinian as we were hashtagging for the Iranian people, also Muslim. But yet we were protesting. We were standing with the uh, Iranian people who are protesting against the authoritative government and, and the theocracy that God is speaking to them. I don't know how can God can speak so evil, so much evil to, to, to cause so much destruction, Dr. Susek. I'm not here to, to, to uh, obviously to preach, but I feel so strongly about this because the, this is why the, 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 the subject of our program today is caught. So it's not just the Christians that are caught, Muslims, Yazidis, because look at what ISIS to, did to the Yazidis. They're still fighting to bring back the women that were captives in the ISIS uh, stronghold. So 
Sorry for that, but I mean, I you know, just she just she just Selma just brought out some some emotions that were bottling up because here we go again. Here we go again, Doctor Susek. You know, it's, it's interesting that uh, the command that Jesus made, the highest command ever given, love one another. Yes, and that does not distinguish. Now, Satan is the great divider. And he will do everything. He whispers lies. People pick it up. It makes the news uh, cycles lie upon lie upon lie. People begin to build in the fever of that lie, and wars break out, families break up, all kinds of horrible things happen. And it's imperative that we understand that we as Christians, uh, we are bound to preach the gospel. What is the gospel? that Jesus Christ died on the cross to take our sins away. And the Bible says he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. That's infinite. And he forgives us, and he builds in us his spirit, and we're born into the kingdom of God. That's the good news. And Jesus said, when that good news of the kingdom is preached to every nation, then the end will come. I'm on my way. I'll be there. That is our, the whole Bible closes by the appeal, even so come, Lord Jesus. Our, our entire hope is in the coming of Jesus Christ. But as we wait, we are going to be going through these very dark storms of, of hatred and vitriol. And, and we have to remember that when you don't love, you don't share oil. You fight to be the controller of oil. You fight to be the controller of land. You fight to get, get, get. You give me, give me. I attack you, you give me. That's the story of the, the kingdoms of man. And that is what is going to be coming to an end. The people who, as you're doing, end that now saying, no, I don't even want to participate in the kingdom of man on that level of hatred and, and using people rather than serving people. That's... Jesus said the kingdom is within you. That's why the world doesn't see it yet. When Jesus comes, they're going to see it in, in its uh, actual uh, form. But right now, it's being birthed in the hearts of millions of people. Even many millions of Muslims are quietly coming to Jesus through dreams and seeing television programs and podcasts like yours and, and TV programs like yours. And they're coming to understand what this gospel is. And so uh, what's interesting is that things are going to get worse, according to the book of Revelation. But when they get worse, there will be more people come to salvation through Christ than probably any other period of history. Uh, chapter 7 of uh, Revelation says that there will be a sea of humanity that had their robes dipped in the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, he they were cleansed at the cross by the forgiveness of God. No man can number it. That's what's going to happen. And so we are loaded, even though these are very painful days, and I watch them with profound sorrow. I, I would give anything if I could go over there and sit down and talk and make sense. Right now, you couldn't. Um, but the fact of the matter is that this is one storm. And by the way, I have to say that 
even the strongest of eschatology teachers and prophecy teachers, and I, I don't mean people who claim they're giving a prophecy, but the interpreters of prophecies of the Bible, many of them are saying, you know what, we're not holding on to things quite as tightly as we once did because, boy, uh, what, what we are seeing right now in the Middle East, if you take that scenario, it is identical to the Battle of Armageddon. Yeah, the invasion yeah. of Israel, surrounded by the nations. But here, here's the great thing. Uh, Mike Pompeo uh, is a believer in Jesus Christ, our former Secretary of State, and he and an Orthodox Jew, two different positions of understanding Jesus Christ, did a phenomenal documentary, and those two men were the two men that worked on the Abrahamic um oh what's the word accord <laughs> accord exactly accord. yeah uh, yeah where they were bringing together why not what you're bringing together are cousins all of these people are related and yeah. uh and so they were working on this abrahamic accord and i am hoping and praying that it doesn't get torn to shreds by this this wild burst out of hell Absolutely. And this is why I always start out my program with the three Semitic words. People forget that the three largest religions started in the Middle East. Um, of course, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all came from the Middle East. And when, if, if you listen to the words, shlama, shalom, and salam, are almost identical in, in, in how you write them, how you pronounce them. And so we all say the same word for peace, and yet uh, the Middle East is on fire. And we say salam, but we say shlam. And, and it's, it's really weird. Now, let me ask you this question, and, and I don't want to, um, you know, not to get too political, but money will, many people will say, I don't want to get involved. This, this, this idea of I'm going to bury my head in the sand. I'm not going to get uh, involved in politics. But with all that's going on, can Christians honestly risk remaining neutral or, or not, not getting involved? Is it time to get involved and ask the hard Time to get out of the neutral zone and start fighting. Is it? Um, are we? Are we? Are we risking? Are we risking the ultimate fight uh, by remaining neutral? We've got to be very careful. We are. I would not encourage people, everybody, to jump into the political arena, but jump into the principle arena. We are the people of the principles of God. That means stand up, speak up, shout out, witness, share, become a voice of the gospel. Nothing is going to turn this. If we get over this one, which we will, another one's on its way. According to Jesus and according to the facts of history, do you know that uh, since the foundation of uh, the... Um, Oh, why, why isn't the term coming to my head in New York City, the, the United Nations? That was founded to end wars and build peace, and we've had more wars since that was founded than we did before it was yeah. founded. Exactly. And the Bible says that God laughs at this folly of man. Man trying to rule over man is nothing but a destructive, oppressive force. And one oppressor will break out saying, I'm going to get, get you freedom, but to have that freedom, he becomes an oppressor. So mm. uh, 
America was for many years a very unique nation that really honored freedom. And that's why the world wanted to come here. My wife and I were with friends at a restaurant today and the waitress was from Romania and she shared with her family. She said, we wanted to come here out of an oppressed government so that we could have a better life. And it's tragic as we watch that better life beginning to dissipate. And we hope and pray that that might turn around. But the point is very simple. Our only message to the world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only one is the Prince of Peace. He's the only one who can bring peace to this world. And he's going to bring it that we know. And the more we do to spread the gospel, even amid the wars, the more the closer we're coming to his return. Now, keep in mind, God is very, very busy right now. I want to read for you. I want to turn to it very quickly uh, in Psalm 110. Psalm 110 is a remarkable text that I uh, hadn't noticed for, uh, at one time. In Psalm 110, and I'm there now. One more page. I'm so sorry. While you're while you're flipping your page, Selma says even the Quran states that this isn't over. It'll be over when the Messiah comes back. Hallelujah. See, she's, she's right. She's absolutely, absolutely correct. That's the only solution. And we as Christians better be. If I have any concern about where Christianity is, we have far too many people. Why aren't they sending you resources to help you spread the word? Uh, they've gone to sleep. Um, they, they, they have lost. They don't have a striking confidence in the ultimate of the Messiah. And our job is to spread the gospel. But I, I, want, I want to say that as painful as this is in the Middle East right now, God is not simply an, an observer. Watch this in Psalm 110, verse 2. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Scepter is the symbol of authority. He has the ultimate authority of the universe. Watch this. Rule in the midst of your enemies. God's watching, warring angels are involved in what's happening in the Middle East right now. God is not sleeping. He's working. Here's where God is heading. And this is why I'm, I'm hammering the importance that the church wake up, wakes up to the extreme importance of the gospel and getting it out. It's simply because until the world understands this gospel, it is bound by the prince and the power of the air. The, the darkness that reigns on earth, the idea that we can't break out of this, and that it, it is coming, and I, I know exactly where God is heading. Here's where he's heading. Through every war of the past, every war in the present, every war in the future, every earthquake, everything that goes on, God's hand is in it to bring every knee to bow before Jesus Christ and confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's where God is heading. Let's move with him. Let's learn the power of the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come. Why did Jesus build that in right up front in the prayer? Because that is the only solution. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it's already done in heaven. The plan is in place in heaven. Through all what appears like helter-skelter to us, God is using this to refine and to find those people who will seek him and know him and walk with him. They will be the ones who enter the kingdom with us. Why is it so difficult for people to become um, I don't want to say, have we become, has society become so immune that they have, the, because they don't want to get involved in that? Just to follow up on the question that, that I asked earlier, it's not to get involved in politics, but to get involved in what is right. For example, we've got people that are speaking up in all faiths and religions, knowing, for example, when, when ISIS invaded Mosul, the capital city of what used to be Assyria and will be Syria, Assyria in the near future. There was not one parliamentarian member, regardless of religion, that stood up and said, ISIS is a demonic power. It's a terrorist group that came in and stole to kill and destroy society in general. Even if we have a corrupt government in Iraq, with all due respect to the, to the Iraqi government and in people in authority, it's a corruption. I mean, on the north side, on the, on the, uh, on central government in Iraq, Iraq is a mess. When you have billions of dollars after what they were after, which was Saddam Hussein, the toppling of Saddam Hussein, for my birth nation to continue for the people, for any religion to be starving, not to have water, not to have electricity, and to have it so sparingly, two hours here and two hours there, when billions of dollars, it is corruption, it is greed. So you have today, why is it so difficult for people to stand up to call evil for what it is, call good, good, and evil, evil. Are we immune or are we, uh, uh, do we have a double standard? I mean, it's amazing to me how it's not black and white. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. According to John. Men love darkness rather than light. They would rather bury their behavior in, in lies, which is darkness. And all the laws of God that we tend to hate, all of those laws are laws of love. If God says, thou shalt not kill, he's saying, let live. When, when God uh, says, blessed are the peacemakers, obviously, it's how to build people and build civilizations and build life rather than tear them down. It is Satan who is the liar and murderer. And we have to remember, because of Adam's sin, let's never forget, because of Adam's sin, every one of us is born into this world with a nature that tends to be in agreement with the devil. And that's why we need to be born again. That's what, that's what, and I didn't make that up. Jesus said, you must be born again. What's that mean? You're born into this world and you have all of these tendencies of hate, bitterness, jealousy, stealing, lying, all manipulation, uh, all of that's in our nature. And he says, now come to the cross, confess that is sin, repent, and I will build in you a new nature. Now, to those who have that new nature, the other, you begin to see how absolutely stupid it is 
self-destructive it is and uh, and death-oriented it is. And that's why I, I keep pressing that if, if we need anything, we have over 2 billion people on this planet who claim to be Christian. What would happen if 2 billion voices rose up speaking the gospel to individuals? We can hardly imagine what would emerge. You know, it's interesting uh, that, that during COVID, not one world leader in any nation that I know of called for a global day of prayer. As this war goes on, I've not heard one world leader call for a, I'm talking about political leaders, calling for a day of prayer globally. Why not? Because God has become, become, God has become taboo. It's not politically correct to pray. Precisely. I think they were trying to pray for the Speaker of the House earlier, um, and they and kneeled in in the in Congress. And I think they were uh, they had backlash. They were told they have no right to pray. Yeah, and let's take the backlash. Take the black back. We are here today as believers because our early founding fathers in the faith took the backlash of being thrown into a, a, an arena with lions and bears and evil people, and they were burned at the stake, and they were died. And Tertullian said, how stupid it is of Satan, because the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And the martyrs a very special place with God, according to the book of Revelation. And their day is coming when, when they will be honored. When the time comes, there shall be a highway between Egypt and Assyria. Israel will be the third. Whom the Lord of the host has blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria the work of my hands, and Israel my inheritance.
Join our team by going to faithwalk.org and clicking on Partner With Us. So please accept and enjoy your copy of the Assyrian Prophecy as our personal thank you for standing with us at FaithWalk. Well, thanks for being with us today, and we hope you'll join us again next week as we find courage for the journey in our FaithWalk.